My name is Jens Kosetis Nielsen. I'm a professor of cardiology in Aarhus, Denmark. And uh, two days ago, I chaired the presentation of the new ESC guidelines on cardiac pacing and uh, cardiac resynchronization therapy. Um, these are uh, or can be seen on the virtual uh, ESC website. Um, I, together with uh, Professor Michael Glickson from Israel, I chaired these uh, new guidelines. And it's my huge pleasure to present to you a few highlights from the guidelines. Um, for everybody to know, it's important that we now give uh, clear recommendations on how should you evaluate the patients with bradycardia when they present to you before you put in a pacemaker. What to do, ECG, cardiac imaging, family history, go into the guideline, look at this very nice picture. And we also give advice on um, what to do in some of the patients where there may be some underlying cardiac disease, how to evaluate that, where to use uh, uh, tilt table testing or genetic testing or more advanced imaging and what to do with this. Um, we give clear advice on uh, on, on which pacemaker type you should use. For cardiac resynchronization therapy, um, we created new guidelines together with the task force that wrote the, the, guide, the guidelines for heart failure. So now they are exactly the same in the heart failure guidelines and in the cardiac pacing and CRT guidelines. And still the strongest indication is for patients with heart failure broad QRS of at least 150 um, left bundle branch block. In these patients, you should, or, or, or CRT, cardiac resynchronization is indicated. And then the indication is a little less strong in if the QRS is less wide or if it is not LBBB. In patients who need pacing because of AV block and who also have heart failure, you should give them CRT from the start if their ejection fraction is less than 40%. Um, we give for the first time indications for his bundle pacing and leadless pacing. But um, these are conservative, should only be used for selected patients as it is today because the literature is not very strong. We give what we think are very useful uh, recommendations for which venues access should you use when you put in pacemakers, give antibiotics before, uh, which skin antiseptics should you use, um, when to use this envelope, don't put in a permanent system in patients with fever, or, um, and don't use heparin bridging. Um, we give advice on can you do MRI imaging uh, in, in patients who, who have a pacemaker, you can in almost all cases, and these are clearly defined in the guidelines. Um, what about irradiation therapy? We also give, uh, we outline how, how, how can you do irradiation therapy in pacemaker patients and what, how to follow the, the, the pacemakers. Um, we give advice on, um, on uh, uh, things as temporary pacing, what to do, how, how, how to, uh, to use temporary pacing uh, and how to handle the pacemaker patients 
in, uh, in, in intraoperatively when they undergo surgery for other, other diseases. And to, to end up with, with, uh, with, with, with uh, something else that's also completely new, we advise to, to, to use uh, uh, patient integrated care to, to involve the patients in the decisions to use what we call shared decision-making. That's actually a class 1A indication. I would you advise all of you to, to go to the ESC website and to read through the new ESC guidelines on, on cardiac pacing and cardiac resynchronization therapy. I hope you will find them useful. They were made by clinicians for clinicians. With respect to, to COVID-19 um, vaccination, of pacemaker patients. We do not give any specific recommendations in the guidelines, but there is no doubt that patients who have a pacemaker should take vaccination for COVID-19 because this vaccination protects you against severe disease from disinfection. Thank you very much. <laughs>